Good morning and welcome to today's podcast where we are joined by Lynn Wadsworth. Lynn lives in sunny Florida and she's coming to us today to share her journey and struggles as she navigated the tough waters of perimenopause into menopause. She worked with a coach and has completely changed the way she feels over the years and is now helping other women to do the same. Hi, Lynn. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Good. So Lynn's joining us from sunny Florida. How nice. I was in Florida in December and it was still pretty hot down there. I'm in Pennsylvania. I was going to say might be hot for you. Didn't feel hot for us. Sure, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So Lynn, can you start us off with a little bit of your backstory? Maybe just tell us what led you to doing what you're doing now. Give us a little bit of your history. So I really started off with being a yo-yo dieter and didn't realize what an effect that had on your health and on your life. You name it, whatever diet it was, I probably tried it. And so then add into the mix migraines, which after we moved to Florida became like a a daily occurrence for me. Mm. Um, Then starting to go through perimenopause and it was like my whole life was, what is this all about? What, what am I doing wrong? And I really have to say, I was pretty ignorant of how you can live in optimal health. So a friend of mine had come over from England and she and I were talking, she had really recently been through um, health coaching school. So I started looking for some options where I could learn something more about how I could live a healthier lifestyle. So it was really through that that I began to learn a lot of all of the principles for healthy living. At the same time, I went through a program they have at Tampa General Hospital that is a holistic program for migraine sufferers. So I began to get my life in order. And what I realized as I was doing all of these steps with healthy living, my migraines reduced dramatically, my hormones seemed to be more balanced. Um, I just felt so different from that 3pm slump in the afternoon, where I literally would fall asleep at my desk, to feeling like I was living a more energetic, healthy lifestyle. It just, it was a radical change for me, mostly because of my migraines, I had to like, go all or nothing. Uh, So I began this holistic journey and I've stayed on it for the last nine years. Uh, My weight stays stable. My health stays, you know, when people have been sick around me, I have a good healthy immune system now. And I'm the other side of menopause, but (laughs) fully conversant with how women feel when they're going through it. For sure. So I was looking at your website and your mission says you are helping women navigate the tumultuous waters of midlife. So I like that description, but can you actually describe that a little bit? What are those waters? I know what those are, but some of our listeners are really just starting to go through that and are are in a pretty kind of fragile state, I would say. Yeah. And, And of course, it depends on the person as to how you go through it. 
So it can be small things to begin with. You just kind of don't feel normal. You don't feel how you used to feel. Um, you might wonder why you're doing the same things that you've always done, but you're not able to lose weight and you're beginning to gain it. I think fatigue is, is a big one. Not everybody goes full blown out hot flashes. I have to say mine were really not that bad. Uh, so we don't always recognize when we're getting into that perimenopausal stage because it doesn't look the same for everybody. You could have an increase in headaches. Um, it could be really you feel out of balance if you're in tune with your body because let's face it all of our hormones during that stage um, begin to change your periods could become heavier they could become lighter they could become more frequent or less frequent so I, I just want to explain that perimenopause is the period of time that we go through anywhere from late 30s to to the early to mid 50s and that is the state when we're going through all of these feelings and then menopause is actually one year after we've had our last period so you might find yourself being tearful a lot during that time you might find that you have crazy mood swings suddenly going off the handle as we call it in England with your kids and and just losing it I've known women that were like totally different people they went their their families thought they'd gone crazy then there's other people depending on the culture that you come from and you tend to bury it all down uh, which of course in turn creates a lot of stress um, and a, a lack of happiness I think during this period we tend to lose some of our joy we begin to question what is our life all about what's the meaning of our life am I what am I going to do when my kids leave home because we're getting into that phase or maybe they've gone and you've got empty nest and it all kind of collides and can be huge for you or for some women it's not quite so huge and you don't always recognize the symptoms uh, obviously very low libido as your testosterone go, goes down or you might become estrogen dominant or your progesterone is not what it was yeah so many things that are happening and yes. so many things that are hormone driven that we just are we're not really educated right on those things and nobody prepares us I think they tell us when we're going to get our period if yes. we're lucky we have a mother who tells us something about it or they'll tell us in school but no one ever really addresses perimenopause nobody and how long right nobody talks about it and I think now I've noticed in the last four years um, it's really become more of a conversation um, and I've done several podcasts that specifically relate to menopause and some of the symptoms that people might find helpful um, and I think one of the hard things for women is this whole belly bloat thing you may never have had a belly before but I'm all going of a through sudden, that right now yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's very very difficult um, to come to terms with how we look and how we feel because we always want to have that perfect body, which let's face it, how many people have a perfect body? I've never had a perfect body, even when I was anorexic many years ago at 98 pounds, mm -hmm. I felt like I was fat. So sure. 
you know, a lot of it too has to be our mindset and, and not getting so down and out about how we feel, but giving ourselves some grace to allow for those changes we're experiencing because this too shall pass. Yeah, I really like that saying this too shall pass. Um, I'm, I'm actually going through that belly bloat right now where I always had, um, you know, a thinner waist and was just built that way. So I think women, particularly women like me, who that is the one area where we don't tend to gain weight easily, when that starts to bloat, it almost sends you into kind of a tailspin panic, trying to figure out what you can do about it because not much helps. So um, are, have you found solutions that you are able to work through for that belly bloat in particular with women? So, I mean, there are a few natural things that you can do with your belly bloat. Um, of course, we all know that there are exercises that you can do, but they don't necessarily work. Mm -hmm. um, but you know you can try simple things like beginning to switch up your diet now now one thing I do for some of my clients is I've got like a three five seven fourteen day all food detox which kind of balances out your hormones a little and can help with that belly fat green tea is supposed to be good because it helps with your metabolism so you've got to understand that your metabolism is changing. And mm -hmm. so maybe you need to do some simple habit changes. So one thing that helps with the metabolism is drinking iced water as opposed to regular water because your body's working harder to move that water through. Um, you can do all the sit-ups that you want. It's really not going to help, but you really need to be eating a balanced meal during this period and I mean you need to be having adequate protein and good carbs and healthy vegetables and and definitely ditching the processed foods that is a big 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 thing and not just the processed foods but if you tend to be because at this time in our life we're craving foods you've got to make some alternatives so like I, I keep on hand for my clients a bunch of sweet treats that are good alternatives that are not filled with sugar because the sugar causes the inflammation um, and you know we hold that throughout our body and during menopause that inflammation is is even more so yeah i've been thinking a lot about inflammation lately and what really brought it up for me this past week was of all things, I got stung by a wasp and I, mm. I was stung a few times and I'm allergic to, to yellow jackets, wasps. I, I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen, but anyway, it ended up in this big dramatic day where I was uh, running through the ER and I just swelled. So my whole arm went, my hand went and I, I got stung under the chin. That went and I already um, always have to work on, like I always tend to puff in my face anyway, easily. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at myself for these, these couple of days that I'm on these steroids and, and whatever, and thinking this is what inflammation looks like in kind of a comedic sense, right? But this is what's happening all the time in our wow. bodies. Like all of these little things that I'm feeling is just this on like a smaller scale. Yeah, that's true. And I think as, as we age, the inflammation becomes even more apparent, as, you know, as we've worn down our joints. Um, 
but there are there are things so one thing that I did because I, I when I was going through it um, mine was kind of a different story because actually I'd had a hysterectomy at age mm. 39 and people think oh great then you missed all of this well no because I was only 39 my doctor refused to take my ovaries and so I went through the whole thing again, which is probably why mine wasn't really quite as bad as some, some women who were dealing with that whole menstrual thing. But I found um, doTERRA essential oils very helpful to me. There are a couple that are specifically for the, uh, there's phytoestrogens, there's claricam that helps with the anxiety because we tend to become more anxious during this period of, of time too. And anything that you can do to teach yourself how to relax, teach yourself how to slow down for a minute, and it is of the utmost importance at this stage in our life, I mean, always, but this stage is to add in that self-care. We tend to be in a society or a world where we're taught we've got to give to others, which we do, but if we don't take care of us, then our cup becomes empty and we can't give out to others and it's it's of the utmost importance for us to stay as healthy as we can to boost our immune system to put in as much self-care as we can during this time for one thing it's going to help with the whole mental emotional thing um, but it also will help with that stress which is increased greatly during this period and learning stress management techniques can be a lifesaver for some people yeah, I don't think it's any accident that so many women are shifting careers. I do a lot of interviews with women who have, have changed their career path, and many of them are doing things that involve self-care because we've become so immersed in it ourselves, trying mm -hmm. to feel better, that yes. it becomes our next stage of life with yes. helping others. You mentioned anxiety. Um, I've, I have a whole history of anxiety. I always say I think I was in utero when I started um, experiencing anxiety it's just some people have it you know and it throughout their lives but then when perimenopause hits and it just ramps it up yes. to a whole new level it can be yes. pretty frightening so what have what was your experience with anxiety have you experienced that prior to perimenopause i and did experience it prior to and in in england we never really referred to it as much back then as anxiety it would be oh, I'm a nervous person. Mm. So that was how it would manifest with me. So when I went to, um, to college to learn about nutrition and holistic living, it was one of the things that they were so big on with this whole holistic approach was learning how to manage your anxiety. And again, that comes right down to a lot of stress management techniques like learning how to breathe properly learning how to take five minutes out of the hour just to have some downtime how not to overstress yourself sleep is just it's a funny thing because at this period in our life we find it hard to sleep but it's so important to keep our mental health as much as anything else in a good place and it's really important to have a friend that you can talk to if you don't have a friend, a health coach or a life coach that will listen to you um, because the anxiety is amped up. And again, I, I used some of my uh, doTERRA essential oils 
just to give me some peace or some calm. The clary calm also helps with anxiety. Diffuse it in the air so that you've got something that's uplifting that's going to help you. And if you like music, jam out to some music or play it quietly in the background if you're in a work atmosphere where you can't blast out your music. Take a break, go outside into nature, take your shoes off and put your bare feet onto the ground to ground you. And it's just the little things that you introduce throughout the day. Make sure that you're hydrated. Try drinking some lemon water that will detoxify your body and boost your energy. And eat with the end in mind. So if you know that you're going to eat something, it's going to make you feel crappy the next day, then just remove that from, from your eating for now because you want to eat foods that are going to help you to feel energized, which are generally the the whole foods and good sourced proteins. Absolutely. And that helps with the anxiety when you're keeping everything in balance. It also will help with the anxiety. Some people do get it to the point that they really totally feel like they're losing it. And of course, at that point, you always want to think about finding a, a mental health counselor, um, somebody that you can, can really talk it through with. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for women to know that it can sneak up on you in ways that um, you wouldn't have expected. For example, my sister has never really been an anxious person, but going through this stage of life, she suddenly developed this debilitating fear of going over bridges. You know, it's just wow. weird. Yeah. It's weird things, yeah. you know, that, yeah. that can come up for people. And I've heard this time and again, um, but all of those were really, really good tips. Um, I wanted to talk about waking up and feeling refreshed you did talk about sleep a little bit and it can be I remember years of, of waking up and just feeling so tired and feeling yes. as if I were actually going to fall asleep while I was while I was driving to work trying to raise my three boys and, and work um, in higher ed and these days I wake up feeling much more refreshed I just didn't value sleep I don't think I ever really valued it the way I do now and I think most of us don't. And of course, the best hours of sleep, and most people don't like to hear this, but are the earlier hours in the yes. evening. And so some of my tips include things like making sure that you're not going to bed at 10 o'clock so that you can go to sleep at 10. Make sure you're in bed 30 minutes before. Do things like making sure you're not on electronics before you go to bed have a routine, even if it's as simple as you go in, you brush your teeth every night, you take your makeup off, or you go in and have a shower, or you read for 30 minutes, because your brain will start to tell you that it's time to wind down. So a couple of the things that I did, now women that experience hot flashes, there are things like pads that you can buy that are like a cooling pad to cool you off because we all know we're stripping off all the sheets and that doesn't help. Um, with migraines, I couldn't have a fan on, so I had to crank down the air. But there are certain things that you can buy now that help, help bring your body temperature down. Have next to your bed um, something like the two essential oils I used most because I like them was a mixture of lavender and cedar wood. 
and I would roll them onto the bottom of my feet where our paws are largest. And then if you wake up in the night, then you can put them back on again. It just gives you that relaxed state where you're more easily able to go back to sleep. If you can't go back to sleep, the old wives tale used to be that where you got to stay in bed so you can try and go to sleep. No, get up, go out of the room, get a change of scenery. If you're so wired, have a drink of chamomile tea, then go back to bed. But I really can't stress enough the earlier to bed. You know that old saying, early to bed, early to, to rise makes you healthy, wealthy, wise. Well, there is truth to that. And so if you're, a, if you're not a person that likes to go to bed, then I would say try it by changing your sleep time half an hour early. Do that for a week and then another half an hour early. Uh, my household is so split. My husband could be in bed asleep by 8.30 and, and I'm still wired at that time. Um, so if you're a person that likes to go to sleep early, just remember that um, if you're asleep early, don't kick yourself because you wake up every morning at 5, 5.30. Most people want seven to eight hours of sleep minimum. Um, and people who tell me that, well, I only need six hours sleep, is it that they only need six hours sleep or that's what their bodies become accustomed to? Because the majority need seven to eight hours of sleep. So it's again, planning. You need to plan your schedule really around that sleep time and make it a sacred sleep ritual time. Uh, very important. Yeah, my mother-in-law was visiting last night and we hadn't seen her in a while. And I was heading up to bed and she heard my husband say to me, you've got, you've got 45 minutes before I come up, which he does every night. And I'm just used to that because that means I run up there because I want my time with my book in my bed so I can wind down and I go to bed fairly early because I get up early. And she said, I heard her downstairs talking to him. She said, well, what do you, what do you mean that she has 45 minutes? And he goes, oh, she likes to go up. She reads, she, and he went through my whole routine of self-care because it's just been <laughs> happening for so long. It's funny. Okay, uh, another thing I wanted to talk about was feeling your feelings. So not letting things just stay <laughs> pent up inside. What is some advice that you could give to women about allowing yourself to feel the emotions that are coming up? Yeah, so of course, this was a big struggle for me because I'm very British and we were always brought up that um, you stuff down your emotions, you didn't allow yourself to feel. And in as I grew up and I matured, I realized that that was a total disservice. I, I would find myself just blowing up for no reason because I didn't process anything. Mm -hmm. So really for me, a lot of it didn't happen until several years ago when um, my mom passed away and I was overloaded with these feelings and they often manifest not just in a lot of crying and that, let me tell you I cried for two years my family was getting a little tired of of it so I kind of felt I had to deal with it on my own um, but you stuff it down if you're not dealing with it if you're not processing it then 
then it's a stuffed down feeling. And I, it went on for so long for me and then it affected my emotional eating and I started getting into that binge eating routine again. And so I really, what stopped me was one of my health coaching friends said to me, why don't you sit down and write a letter to your mom? And I did that. I wrote her several letters because when my dad passed, I would dream about him and I felt a connection with him. When my mom passed, it was like nothing. So I started journaling my feelings. Um, I tried to talk to some of the people that I that I could about. And actually, I, I was doing a little bit of work for a psychotherapist and I would talk to her because she'd lost her husband. And so she was really good at chatting with me about, you know, the the different feelings through grief. And actually, when you're in menopause, you often are grieving a time that's passed because now you're going into another phase of life. So it was a whole new thing for me to begin to voice how I felt about things and to be able to write it down. Now, some of us don't find it easy to voice our feelings, but if you can start with a notebook or a journal, you'll find that so helpful. It doesn't have to be like all in nice written composition form. It can just be random thoughts that you're having. Um, it can be, some people like to write poems. For me to get out of myself, I love music, but you still got, and that would allow me actually to feel some of my feelings because there's something inside of me because I've sung since I was a child that music just touches my heart. And so it allows me a release. So you, you need to find out what's your release. Meditation is a great way to, to get some release because you begin to process things in your mind and in your thought processes and spend time in nature because when you're in nature, you especially say you're taking a walk, it's a wonderful time to think and be able to process your emotions. So when I'm saying feeling your emotions, I'm not saying, oh, I'm angry with my husband, so I'm just going out to yell at him, but take the time to, to process it in your mind so that you can then sit and talk it through in a, in a positive way, but you're still getting the release of your emotions. Most of us, and I think people in the States are, are the same to a degree, they can work on some emotions and can be real open with that, but not with other parts of their emotions. And I'm not saying go out there and dribble it all to everybody. You can do it in a private setting, in your own journal, in your own way. Um, you really have to find out what releases that pent up emotion for you. For me, it was it, it's often writing. Yeah, for me too, writing, everyday journaling. Okay, so I wanted to ask you, are, are there any books that you might recommend to women who are maybe going through perimenopause, just starting this um, hormone shift, um, kind of navigating a lot of different emotions, any books that you found helped you? Um, a good resource for that is looking up, um, yeah, now my mind's going to go blank. I have this one, Before, During and After Menopause by Gwen mm. Harris. Mm -hmm. um, it's short if people don't find it very easy to, um, to really 
be able to process um, or understand what's going on. Um, a, another great resource, and it's not necessarily thinking about um, a book, although she recommends several on her website, Angela Council, C-O-U-N-S-E-L. She is the bomb when it comes to menopause and she has recommendations on her site. When I was going through it, there was nothing I could find. There was really no information. And I did some of my own research, but of course we all know that Dr. Google's not really very mm -hmm. um, good when it comes to sound advice. So if you go to um, some rep reputable source on the internet, and even type in if you're going through a specific period of time, um, what's a great reference book or book that can teach me on certain aspects of perimenopause. This one I liked because it's just such a very simple one. I never actually read any myself. Uh, over the years, I've, I've come across a few, but of course, they've my mind's blanked out with them. Um, I find it helpful to listen to podcasts because I think that you can get a lot of information that way. I do too. Um, and then you're hearing the people talking and you're hearing some of their anecdotal stories, which brings it all back down to earth again and helps you realize, hey, I'm not in this alone. Other people are feeling this. Absolutely. I listen to podcasts every day when I'm out walking. In fact, um, as soon as I finish this, I'm going out on my walk and that's exactly what I'm going to do. So Lynn, if women are interested maybe in um, looking into a coaching session with you, something like that, or, or want to learn more about you, where can we find you online? Yeah, so my website is holistic-healthandwellness, all written out.com. So that's holistic-healthandwellness.com. Um, I also have a Facebook group, the Energized Healthy Women's Club that you know, is for women who are in midlife. For coaching, I do offer a free 30-minute consultation, and there is a contact form on my website for them to fill out, or they can email me at lwadsworth at verizon.net and just ask to schedule. Um, I don't have a scheduler because I leave that for my podcast, and I find it more convenient for people just to know when is their best time of day, but I'm happy to do that. Um, and I do month by month coaching and I do three month packages just depending on what people's needs are because for some, they can learn it, they can take it in, they're done. For others, they really need more walk through and help and step-by-step -step solutions. Sure. Well, thank you so much, Lynn. I'm going to end Thanks. here. I think we've gotten a wealth of information from you and I appreciate you joining me here today. Thanks, Carrie.